For those of you that don't know, uh, this is our friends Jason and Alicia. They're the pastors at Good Samaritan. Um, and so we've known them about a year and a half, well, almost, almost two years. And uh, so just great friends, love them dearly. And, uh, you know, and so I just thought it would be kind of uh, a fun and also terrifying for them uh, a little bit. But uh, no, but, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we pastor a church, they pastor a church. We deal with people, we deal with marriage, we deal with families and um you know, and I just think that there are some things that uh, that we could speak to, and I always like to give people the opportunity to ask questions um, because we can preach and come together with things, but if we're not helping you with questions or things that you're uh, concerned about or worried about or whatever may be on your plate, then I think we may have missed the mark. And so, I uh, just want to give you all that opportunity. So, even as we're sharing, if we say something and it triggers a thought, and you've got a question, send it to that number up there, and then they'll forward them on uh, to us. And so. We're just going to jump right in right now. We have like six questions. So uh, the first one is this, and I'm going to let Pastor Jason and Alicia tackle this first one. But it says, uh, if you're in a blended family and uh, some come from a broken home, so the mom and the biological dad are no longer together, can the current marriage uh, help heal the hurt in the kids from the broken home? Hit the yellow button. Hit it. There you go. I'm on. First of all, before I answer that question, and I'll let you answer and weigh in on that question, um, I want to say thank you to North Point Church. You guys are awesome. Y'all have been a great host. We were here last year and uh, so impressed with all of you guys and uh, do a tremendous job. Brother David and Sister Dara have been gracious hosts and uh, uh, we love this church. We call it our sister church uh, across town and uh, we we love this church. So uh, kudos to you guys. So uh, to answer that question, if you, you know some of our group are here, we got four of our group here. Some of them are coming right back, I think, but... Uh, most of y'all know, or not most of you, but ours know our story, but most of you guys don't know our story. Um, we both have been married before, and um, and so we come from uh, that background, and so we've had the challenge to uh, be married uh, again and then bring children and blend children into our marriage. And so I have two, she has two, obviously her two live with us, and um, it's it's been quite the, the, the challenge. You know, I heard... Pastor Jimmy say last night, he said that uh, marriage is work. Well, I'm going to say when you're blending two families, if marriage was work before, it's even more work now and uh, by by far. And so it's been a real challenge. But the question is, can can um, a new marriage blending families like that? Can it work? And it can work, but it takes God. It definitely takes God. And um, with, with to blend the families together and to bring the healing was the question. Uh, yes, I think it, it, you can, uh, there can be healing. I said to our church the other day during a message, Holy Spirit prompted me to, to say this in a message. And um, it, after I went home, I thought, wow, that was profound. He said, the Lord, Lord spoke to me and he, he, we were dealing with uh, marriages there uh, in that service. And the Lord just prompted me to speak into marriages about blended families and say, there is hope, there is life. And um, now the way we look at it is, is that we can never take the place of biological mom or dad ever. Uh, I'm not trying to be biological dad. I can't be biological dad, Um, but I can be dad. And in my home, I'm dad. And so I'm the husband and there's a flow. You know, the Bible talks about it flowed from Aaron's beard down. And so there's an order there. It does matter the order in which you put things. And so in our home, I'm dad and I don't look at my children, my, my, I call them my children. They're not my stepchildren. They're my children. 
And so um, I assumed that role when she and I said I do. And so uh, we work at that really, really hard. And, and so um, I think through that, being that dad role in the home, I may be wrong and you help me with this question, answer or question. Um, but um, her kids that we've, what we've seen in, since we've been married is they've adopted me as daddy J. That's what they call me, daddy J. And you can see the stability in their life. I mean, it's a noticeable stability that you've, you, we have seen and we've witnessed and it's just because there's, there's that active role of, of father, mother, and children. And you can see that. And so to answer the question, there is life. And it can work. It does take work, though. And it can work. Help me with this. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to be real. Is that okay? Can I be real? Absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm big on being real. My people know this. But... Um, Okay, my da- I want to share with you about my daughter, okay? And this is personal, so y'all, if I get a little emotional, just bear with me. I'll get through it. Which is a miracle you're doing that. I know, right? <laughs> it's God. I he's, thought I was making you uncomfortable. He's I didn't making her uncomfortable. He's the most comfortable. <laughs> um, but this, it's something that I feel like I know, so I can share it with you. And I find joy in that because a hard thing that I went through, now maybe I can help somebody else. So I'm good with that. So, um, as pastor told you, um, we both, uh, have been divorced before. Um, I have been divorced twice before and my baby girl, her name is Isabella. Um, she, um, in my first marriage, she is, she's my child from my first marriage. And so she too has been through two divorces and it took me, I didn't, I didn't recognize that at first, but, um, through that process, um, I saw what that did to her. And the video that we saw that Pastor Jimmy Evans showed um, with the kids talking about their experience, that really touched my heart because I see a lot of what that girl in that video was saying. Um, I see how the divorces hurt my daughter. And my daughter's she's very reserved. She's, she's not, and that's just her personality. She's not a big talker, um, but she internalizes things. And she was very, very quiet. Um, in my second marriage, um, it was it was a hard place for all of us to be. Um, there was brokenness. I don't even think is a strong enough word to describe um, what that was because I was broken coming out of my first marriage, and then going to, into the second marriage um, was it was not. I was not at a good place. I was broken, and then made a major life decision, and it turned into an even worse situation. So y'all follow me there. Um, and all that weighed on her. And um, so going through that marriage and then that divorce, she internalized all that. And she was very, very quiet, didn't, didn't talk, didn't open up about her feelings. Um, it was like she had built a wall around herself. And um, when this man came into our life... Um, when God started restoring and just pouring, pouring things back into us, um, such a blessing how when you finally release all that bad stuff to God that you've been hanging on to and you feel like I messed this up because that's where I was. I felt like I messed this up. I've got to fix this. Um, but I couldn't fix it. Only he could fix it. 
And so when I finally let go and I said, whatever you want, God, I need you. I have made a mess of this, but I know you love me and you're not going to give up on me. You haven't given up on me. You've held me in your hand. So I'm just going to give it all to you. When I finally did that, it was like God reached down in my life and he picked me and my babies up out of that situation and he placed us where he meant for us to be the whole time. And um, it was at that point that the Lord brought Jason into my life. And so we have, through that, we've helped heal each other from bad relationships. But the point of all that story is this. Isabella was healed through that too. Because not only did he start restoring things that were broken in me, he started restoring things that were broken in her. And as mama... All of the hurt and the pain that she had felt, I couldn't penetrate that. And that, that, that was a tough place for mama to be, but he could. She, he was the first one that she actually started opening up to because she felt safe with him. There was a security and a protection there, um, that she felt from him that she had not felt from any other man in her life. And she, er, he is daddy to her. And, um, and that I saw something develop in her that I had never seen before he came along and she felt that security. So as far as can that relationship bring healing, um, to a child that's broken from divorce? Absolutely. And it's all through God's power and just allowing he allowing God to work in his time and in his way. One thing I'd say, and I'll end the question, um, a lot of time and a lot of God. A lot of time and a lot of God. So, Oh, yeah. Do um, you have anything you want to add? <laughs> you know, I will say, just for, even for our family, our people know this, but uh, I have two nieces. Um, my oldest sister was married twice, daughter from each marriage, and uh, the Lord brought... Uh, another gentleman into the family and it's been amazing to see not just uh, the effect that it's had in my sister's life and that I've watched her flourish but I have a niece who's 11 and then one who's 18 as well and watching them um, you know flourish with someone that God has brought into their family it's been amazing uh, to watch because it's I mean you know my niece is 18 and she's been through a lot and uh, you know and so our whole family she's really been a kind of a a focus point of prayer uh, because like Alicia said she's been through it um, you know, as well. And, and to, but to watch God work in their life and in their family has been amazing. So absolutely. And it, but it does take a lot of God and it takes a lot of saying, okay, we need your help. And so it is absolutely possible. I don't know who's going to tackle this one. So if nobody else will, I will, but, um, (laughs) you don't even know the question yet. Come on now. So how do you get the physical intimacy back in in your marriage? (laughs) <laughs> y'all don't y'all don't have that problem yet apparently no. um i would say it this way is that it's about being intentional uh you know you've got to fight i mean even going back to um some of what they said is that i don't get to tell dara how she receives love my responsibility is to find out how she receives love and then love her that way and you know and so you know i don't know if it's a book or just something that i've read somewhere but you know they talk about you know sex starts in the kitchen it doesn't start in the bedroom well that's true you know it starts 
in the morning. You know, is it, hey, you know, and they say like, you know, men are microwaves and women are crockpots. That's true. You know, men can be in the mood that fast. You interested? You asking me? Like, is that a question? Like, I wasn't, but now that you've asked, yes. You know, (laughs) how many men say that's true? You know, it's just like, "Mm, no, maybe next week. Said no man ever, you know. Um, You know, it's just not. Yeah. And so, but I do believe that in both sides of it, though, it starts with communication. Pastor Jimmy talked about that last night, having honest communication, but loving each other the way that they receive love uh, is huge. And making it the point is that, look, uh, you know, even in intimacy, my goal in intimacy is not to meet my needs. My goal is to meet her needs. And so, you know, we even had a conversation, what was that, Friday when we were driving in the car? And we were talking about selfishness, which Pastor Jimmy even, I thought it was funny. We didn't even talk about it, but I was like, how funny. We had the conversation that morning and then that night, Pastor Jimmy's talking about selfishness. And the worst married people are the most selfish people. You know, and so if we can get to a point where, hey, my goal is to make sure that I'm meeting her needs, not just physically. If I'll take care of her heart, the physical side will take care of itself. And if I will steward my wife's heart properly and and really love her the way that she needs to be, the physical is just the byproduct. And and so it's a matter of connecting it and being intentional with time. Turn the TV off. Spend some intentional FaceTime together, having some communication. Get rid of some of the distractions. Maybe you just need to send the kids to grandma's. Like, you know, (laughs) praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe that's what you need to do. Uh, You know, but... Let me say this is that you fell in love for a reason. You didn't marry somebody you hated. You were attracted to them. And sometimes I think it's a matter of just remembering why. Why did you, and not be so focused even on, because, you know, I mean, me and Dare have been married now for 13 years. You know, and sometimes you have to remind yourself, okay, why did we get together? But the other side of that is, is, hey, we've also changed. And so we have to give each other the opportunity to change and say, I still love you and I'm still committed to you, even though she's changed and I've changed. Um, you know, and so I think those are a couple things that I would add. Well, and I think, I mean, like we went through uh, what we called a, a roommate phase. You know, you just roommates because you're just so busy or whatever. You know, we got distracted with some things and um, it just, we were good roommates, but you know, there wasn't any. Yeah, we were good friends. You know, <laughs> there was no spice to our relationship, and so, um, but we, you know, realized we needed to do something about it, and um, it was just the little choices every day. The, you know, being like you said, being intentional about it. But you know what gets to their heart, and you know, um, you know, each spouse, you know, those special things about them, and the things that really. Um, you know, if if it's making his favorite meal or whatever it is, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, Hallelujah. you know, those things that they really love and they enjoy. And it puts, you know, you both into a place or a moment to have that moment where, okay, you know, what can we do from these moments, you know, and just and making those little choices each day. Um, making an intentional choices about um, how can I love on them today and um, how can I sow seeds of love into their life so. Yeah, and you know, like practically speaking, I'm kind of OCD. So uh, one of the ways that Dara like shows me like a, affection, and this may sound really weird to some of you, is like I, I don't want the kitchen trashed. Like I don't want crap just piled up everywhere. But for me to say I love her sometimes is me doing the dishes. 
And like maybe even even though I may have been gone or doing whatever, it's like, hey, I'm going to take care of dinner tonight. And then I'm going to clean up after, you know. Um, it's, it's little things like that because she's not OCD like me, but she still doesn't like a trashed out kitchen. You know, but for me, I'm like, I'm just tired of the, of the mess. And I'm just like, just give me a trash can. Let me swipe it all in there because it's just chaotic. But they're little things. You know, and and I think, too, even appreciating the little things like, you know, hey, thank you for cleaning and doing the laundry. You know, hey, you know, we've got a young child. And so it's like, hey, he's crying. I'll take care of him. Like you go take a bath. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, depending on your season of life and what may be going on, I think you've got to be aware of each other and what's going on. Um, You know, because some days getting a bath is a big deal to her. And sometimes I have to tell her, like, hey, stop working, get off the computer, you go take a shower, you take some time for yourself, I'll take care of Max if he wakes up. And, you know, and, but those all, but again, that's me protecting her heart. Um, and, and I believe in any season of life, that's important. Um, and, and it ties directly in with intimacy. Do you guys have anything? Okay. Okay. Let me go back here. Okay. Um, Here's another one. What's your favorite place to take a vision retreat? <laughs> Camping. Camping. We have a we just bought a, a travel trailer yeah. camper and it was of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would add to that. <laughs> I think for us we just like to travel, period. We like to go and just see different places. Go to, And that's the thing. I mean, I think it's a matter of you've got to find a place that you're comfortable. But I, I would also say that it needs to be a place you're not distracted. You know, it's like Pastor Jimmy said. I mean, you can take some time in the morning. And then, hey, that afternoon, we're going to take a time out. We're going to pick up this argument tomorrow. But we're going to go have some fun. So I think that's an important element. So, But it's just got to be a place that you enjoy. And it doesn't mean that you need to spend a bunch of money necessarily. Uh, you know, he said last night, if you need to go buy a tent, go get a tent, you know. and um, But... You just got to find that time. Uh, and, and let me say this. A vision retreat doesn't mean you have to go anywhere. Right. It may be, hey, can, you know, even if you had another couple that you said, hey, we're going to have your kids come to our house one weekend and we're going to have a vision retreat at home because we don't have the money to go somewhere. Right. You know, or, or whatever the case may be. But then next week we're going to watch your kids yeah. and we're going to give y'all an opportunity. So that way we both get to have a vision retreat. And we're out, not out a lot of money. Right. Because you may not be able to travel or do, you know, and me and Dara totally understand that. I'm sure they understand. Everybody understands. There's just times that financially it's like, how do I go somewhere for five days? You know how much a hotel cost? <laughs> like, holy cow. Like, I can't afford that. So get creative with it. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you and say, okay, what's something that I can do? I can't have five days, but I can have a Friday night and a Saturday morning. That's better than nothing. Uh, and so just find a place that, you know, that you can be comfortable, a place that you can kind of give that time to. So I would say to that, too, uh, Alicia mentioned us camping. Um, when we when we did that, uh, the Lord had really laid on our hearts that we needed more time together. And when you pastor, we don't have weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked me a while ago, what are you going to do when you get home? I'm going to get ready for tomorrow. You know, and so then I work a job too throughout the week. So weekends are super hard for us mm-hmm. uh, to find where most people have, they can have a three day weekend. We don't have that option. And so the Lord kind of laid on our heart. I'm in business for myself. So, um, not all the time, obviously, but there are times that after church on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I might could get off and go do something. And so it may just be to down the road to a state park. That was one of the reasons that we chose this. 
And our first camping trip in, in the travel trailer, about one day into it, I don't even know if it was a, a day into it, we looked at each other and said, now what do we do? <laughs> because we're so, the achiever thing, that's me. I mean, and, and her too. So that's one of her strengths. And so we're, we're all about crossing things off the list and doing things. And we went to a place, there's no TV. You know, there's none of the distractions, and we're just like looking at each other, and it really taught us a lot about each other. And then through that experience, we went hiking. I actually heard the birds sing. You know, I was like, there's birds. <laughs> and I, I felt the sunshine on my, on my skin, you know, and it was like, wow. And I looked at, we were in the mountains, and I was like, wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and through that experience, we got close to God and close to each other, no. and it was phenomenal. And I, I would say the vision retreats, if that's what you want to call them, are they're necessary no. in marriage. They are a must, and you have to have them. And I well. concur with what you're with what you're saying. I, I do think that the trips and just little things like that are just to break the monotony. Uh, is very, very important. And, uh, you know, people are one of the, as a pastor, one of the responses I get from people when I say that to them, the response I get back is we can't afford it. And I always say back to them, have you checked out the price of a divorce lately? I mean, it is unbelievable. We know it's unbelievable. And, uh, and so, uh, these little things are so important and they're, the retreats are very necessary. I remember you text me when y'all were uh, going hiking, and y'all done a short hike the day before. Yeah. And you text me and said, pray for me. We're going, I don't remember how far it was, yeah. like a six-mile hike or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, I don't remember what it was. And, we uh, survived. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were talking that yeah. next week, though, and he said, man, he goes, I didn't think I'd really like hiking. He goes, well, that was really fun. It was. And so yeah. I may, you may even yeah. find some things that you didn't think, because right. I know Alicia loves right. to go right. and hike and do it. He wasn't even sure if he was going to have a good time. Yeah. He was kind of like, oh, gosh, I hope I don't <laughs> die out there somewhere. Yeah. She's going to be dragging me down the walkway. Yeah. But. They had a great time. And so yeah. you may even find some new things that yeah. you didn't even know that you would enjoy that now y'all would have together. And so right. I would uh, definitely encourage you in that. Um, next question is, uh, what one thing would you say has had the greatest impact on growing your marriage? Uh, so one thing to grow your marriage. You want to take that one? No? no? <laughs> okay, well then you can just agree. How about that? If, if you agree with me, you can say, if not then you can say what you believe it is. I think the biggest thing for us growing our marriage has been honesty, openness, not holding anything back. We don't have secrets. Um, you know, uh, if we're struggling, we talk about it, uh, you know, and, and just open communication, even to the point where if, um, and I, I've shared this often, is that even, uh, you know, Pastor Jimmy talked about tone. One of the things that we did was we we'd be like, don't talk to me like that. Not like, angry and yelling but it's like hey you need to check your tone and i would say that to dara she would say that to me and it's like you know and there's even been times where she's like hey i'm your wife not your child because i'm you know driven and so she has to remind me of those things (laughs) hey mute that mic mute the mic i'm telling her myself i don't need her to say anything else (laughs) go ahead go ahead so i can fix it no i mean you go back here and pray or something i don't know Um, Well, I mean, I think sometimes uh, for certain personalities, it's hard for you to speak up about things. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, for him being so little dominant in some things, and I'm a little more passive. um, It was it was hard at the beginning to speak up, but if if I want our marriage to change and you know for us to grow together, then I need to 
really say how I'm feeling. And I was kind of, um, as I talked to more people about marriage and stuff, I, I was kind of surprised at how many women never even said what they were really feeling. They just expected the guy to understand, even though they said, I'm fine. <laughs> and so um, you're not really fine, and you need to tell him how you're really feeling. And um, he can't change or fix anything or, or help you get through it if you just always say you're fine. And um, so um, I think what he said about being open and honest, um, I mean, we have each other's passwords to everything. We're open and honest about all of it. You know, um, we don't even hesitate if the other one says, hey, can I look at that on your Facebook? You know, it's not a... Well, I mean, even to the point where we've had people contact us through Facebook and I'm like, hey, I just want you to know because I don't want there to be a secret. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, look, I have no interest. I've already blocked them, but I just want you to see it, you to know, because secrets destroy. Yeah. And there is no such thing as it's just going to go away. No, what is going to happen is it's going to come up at the worst moment. Mm -hmm. And so it's like throwing gasoline on a fire that was just kind of, now you've got this massive fire happening. Why? Because there was this little thing that was insignificant. And I mean, it could be old friends or whatever. We went to school with this person and they're just contacting us or whatever, you know, but we do tell each other all of that and um, share each other. Well, if you're defensive, you know, who's that? What's that on your phone? (laughs) That ought to tell you something right there in your own heart. If you're defensive or trying to be secretive, something's not right. Mm. I mean, so we try to be proactive in those situations and tell, hey, this, you know, this may look this way, but this is really what's happening, you know, and so. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Um, Another question was, how do you support a spouse when you feel nothing you do helps? How do you support a spouse when you feel that nothing you do helps? Be patient. Be patient. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I think sometimes people just are working through things, you know, and ultimately it's we're all working on all of these situations in our life. God is working on us to make us better, to bring us to who he created us to be, right? And sometimes I think we we do it's a process. Every everything everything he's moving us towards is a process. And and sometimes I know in myself, you know, I may be struggling with some things and um and I tend to get quiet. Um and <laughs> And, but I mean, there's, there is a resolution because when you're truly, when you're seeking the Lord and, um, you know, and he's working those things out in you, there's always going to be a resolution, you know? And so if, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can't fix your spouse. Your spouse can't fix you. That, that's a God thing. You know, God's, God's the one that's his job. So don't try to do God's job in your spouse's life. Sometimes you may need to just step back and pray for your spouse and love your spouse through it and just be patient. I would say, too, um, I like what you said about patience. I think patience is really good. Um, I've learned the hard way. Um, I think when we're having conflict or a spouse is pulling away from us and quiet, or in her case, quiet, um, (laughs) 
that took some getting used to for me because she, she's, she'll just kind of back off and just get real quiet. And I would try to probe her and say, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? And I learned through the help of the Holy Spirit to really back off. And, you know, the Bible says, be still. And he says, be still and know that I'm God. And just rest assured because of insecurities and previous situations in my life, I felt insecure when she would get quiet. Oh, is she mad? Is she going to leave me? What, what's going to happen? And so uh, I would be very insecure. And the Lord taught me to just rest, that she's going to be okay. She's just being quiet. She's thinking. She's whatever. Don't push her and probe her. Let me do whatever I'm doing in her. And yeah. you don't try to push the buttons to make it happen. And then from that, it may be the next day she'll open up and talk. And uh, I found a lot of a lot of strength through that, just backing off and letting God be God. So yeah. I will say I will say this too. Um, something that I've learned and and have grown into is recognizing that when I get quiet. He still needs me. And so I need to let him know. I need to communicate to him that, hey, I'm I'm dealing with this issue right now. I'm going through this process. There's nothing wrong with me. I love you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just kind of going through this. So I may, you know... I, communicate to them that you're going through something. You know, if your spouse is probing you, it's because they care. It's not because they're being nosy or trying to get in your business or whatever. Um, but they, they need some reassurance from you. Hey, I love you. I'm still here. My heart is with you, but I'm going through something. So just be patient with me. Sometimes you just need to ask for patience, you know? And so communication, I guess, is a huge thing. Yeah. Well, the one thing I would add to that is um, how do you support them is this, is that it's an act of your faith. You know, the Bible says we're not moved by what we see. We're moved by what we believe. Uh, As people of faith, we believe in what we don't see as though it is. And so even in the area of faith, it comes back to trusting in the Lord and say, God, I just trust that you are working in them. Even though I may not see it at all, you don't know what's happening under the surface. And, you know, and so I think what happens many times, the enemy gets us frustrated, especially in marriage relationships that I've been praying, believing God and asking him to, to work, you know, maybe in a situation that I know is happening. And then I, out of my frustration, because I don't see something happening. And what happens is I can actually come in and overwhelm what God was doing just because I didn't see it. And so I'll become now a frustration point even for her. And, and so it comes back to just really saying, God, I just believe you're working in this moment and I don't have to make anything happen. Uh, I can't. I can't make anybody. I have a hard time making myself change. So how in the world am I going to make her change? You know. And so it's just like, okay, God, I got to trust you uh, here in this moment. And uh, just and so it is a matter of faith and trusting the Lord uh, and just keep standing and believing. Uh, stand with your spouse. Let them know, hey, I'm here for you. I'm believing with you. Uh, you're not alone in this. Even if we don't understand, I don't have to understand to be present. You know, and so even if it's just, hey, I'm here when you need me, if you need me, uh, anything I can do, I'm praying for you. I love you. You're going to make it through this. Um, I believe those are important things. So, uh, number six, sixth question that we had is how often do you pray together? Is it daily? Want to take that one? I would just be real honest with you and say, we live a really busy life. And uh, so I'm not going to lie in church. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, no, uh, do I think it's necessary? Absolutely. Um, 
you know, sometimes we, you, you and I talk about it sometimes, David, we mentioned it a minute, a minute ago. Uh, literally, sometimes the only time I see her to, a day is when we get in the bed. I mean, it's just like, hey, you know, finally, there you are. Hi. <laughs> you know, and, um, and sometimes we're exhausted, you know, by the time we get there. But, yes, prayer is necessary. Um, it is something that we highly value in praying with the kids. And, and we do pray at home and over the meals and things like that, for sure. But, um, but doing that personal time, uh, praying together, uh, talking together, those things, I think communication is, is huge, although my wife doesn't like that sometimes. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, definitely, most, most definitely communication with the Lord is a must. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I wouldn't say that we do it on a daily basis by any stretch of the imagination, but we, uh, you know, well, yeah, I mean, but I think it's a discipline for one. And, you know, when you're, uh, I think that's part of carving out time in the day to just have communication. It's like, hey, we're going to turn the TV off at such and such time and we're going to go to our room. Like Pastor Jimmy said, we're going to our room. We're going to lock the door. We're going to talk and we're going to talk with the Lord. But if you don't schedule it, it's just not going to happen. You know, and so I think there's elements of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think praying together is huge. And honestly, going back to a previous question about intimacy, pray together. Why? Because when you pray for somebody, you're, you're, it's a heart connection. That's not just a, well, I'm throwing a Hail Mary to God. That's, I'm applying my faith to what you're going through. And, and I believe that that uh, is, makes tremendous impact. And, uh, and it keeps you on the same page. Hey, what's on your heart? What are you praying about? What are you believing God for right now? Uh, it keeps you together uh, in that way as far as with unity. So uh, here's the next question. It says, in order to keep uh, growing as a husband and wife in all that God has for us, uh, what are some good first steps and format to study the Bible together? Uh, here would be my, uh, I, I would find a good resource, whether that be, you know, Pastor Jimmy, Marriage Today's got tons of resources. Find a devotional. Uh, you can get on version. Uh, you know, they got Bible studies you can go through together. Uh, there's tons of material. I mean, we live in the information age. YouTube, you can find tons of stuff. Um, and so just, I would say, uh, you know, those are a few first steps. Um, you know, and so there's, I would just find something to go off of. Don't just flip your Bible open, pray, and say, okay, Lord, lead my finger somewhere. Like, <laughs> I mean, there are people who have resources, and so I would look. I would say the, the easiest first step is find somebody who's done it well, and then go do what they've done. You know, so if they have a, a resource or something you can use, and that that's a great first step. Yeah, I, I agree. To- totally agree about that. Um, there's so much out there nowadays that you can get your hands on. Do it. It's necessary. All right. Uh, says. Um, if it's been a year since we've been intimate, it says, uh, or it says, what if we've, what if it's been a year since you've been intimate, but you don't argue about it? So I, I'm going to just rephrase the question. I'm assuming, is this a problem if we've not been intimate, if it's not a problem for us? I don't know if that's properly, but that's how I would believe that's what's being asked. Um, you want me to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> See, well, there's the thing. He's really good at this stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> he like, he feeds off of this. I don't. Yeah. First off, I would say there are probably way too many variables to answer that. Um, uh, just as a blanket statement, I can tell you what I believe is that um, being intimate with your spouse 
the Lord instituted and put that in place for a reason. You know, I say it all the time is that God doesn't do anything by chance, but he has a design and a reason for why. And the Bible talks about that even um, physically that, and you know, and they mentioned it is that um, Adam knew Eve in a different way than anybody else. I mean, it's the, it's one thing that I only have with my wife. I don't, I don't share that moment with anyone else. And, and so there's this openness and honesty in that moment that I believe is important. You know, and intimacy does not just mean physically having sex. Although many of us would say, well, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, but intimacy is not reserved to that physical act. Sometimes it's just being there for one another. And, and there's a lot of things that, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of variables in this. I don't know if there might be some kind of physical limitation. I don't know if it's just a desire thing. I don't know if it's a season of life thing. There's a lot of variables. So uh, if it's not an issue for you, I would just, I, I would say you probably need to have honest conversation between the couple. Um, because somebody's got a problem with it, would be my assumption. They may not be communicating that. But there's a distance that's happening and that distance cannot stay and you remain connected because that distance will become greater in time. You know, and and so, um, I mean, kind of not knowing full detail, that would be kind of what I would say um, to that. I don't know if that answers the question, but I, I hope that helps. But, you know. There ought to be that connection. And, there, you know, I mean, marriage is meant for relationship and friendship and connectedness. Uh, that's part, I mean, that's what the Bible says is that God saw Adam and says, hey, it's not good that he's by himself. Adam had a job. Adam had responsibilities. He had things he was doing. And God still said, hey, that's not good. So he says, hey, I'm going to bring him a helpmate for what? For companionship and relationship. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that answers it, but. You got any thoughts? Anything you want to add to that? Okay. All right. Um, next question is this. is How do you pray with your spouse, especially when both of you are insecure about praying around people and praying out loud? I think for us, um, the I'm going to just get real here. It's hard to pray when you're fighting. Yep. Amen. And one thing that I have found is when one of us is the bigger person and actually comes and our rolls over or whatever, you know, we so related to the the bed illustration last night where you roll over and you don't, I'm hoping that she thinks I'm asleep, you know, (laughs) and, uh, but we're actually, you know, having, uh, an argument or whatever. So, um, but I think when one of us finally rolls over, and we've done this many times, where either her or myself, I mean, we've both done it, and just say, hey, I love you. Let's pray. And the moment, you know, you say those words, whatever was going on doesn't matter anymore. No. And uh, when you pray together. And the answer to that, and I'm going to go to defy what Matt Mendenhall's thinking right now, which is, <laughs> I've known Matt a long time, but... I'm ignoring him. He's actually sending me all kinds of sex message type questions here. Um, so I'm going to ignore all of these questions, Matt Mendenhall. He'll answer them later, yes. Matt, privately. That's right. Privately. Yes. <laughs> but um, so here we go. This will be my only time I'll talk about that subject. Okay. Um, my thing is, if you can have sex together, why can't you pray together? I mean, because that's the most intimate thing you can do. So if you can do that, then why can't you pray together? 
I will say in response to one of the questions he asked me, um, you know, basically was a question of can there, can there be intimacy in the bedroom as far as sex goes and with God, you better believe it. God created it. And, um, you know, I think it's a shame when the world has better sex than we do. I think that's an indictment to the body of Christ. And I think because God created it. And so I think there ought to be, and I don't, and I don't, I don't even like really like to loose the word sex. I think it's relationship. It's that intimacy between a husband and wife that you can't get in any other relationship except a covenant marriage. Right. Amen, church. Amen. And so, um, I think the prayer thing, it's, it's crucial and just being bold enough to do it. And, um, when you make that step of faith, I describe it like when I began to preach, I was shy backward. Y'all see that? I don't, I do better when I know I'm going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm anointed and ready and firing and let's go. Uh, I don't like this setting. So, um, you're welcome, but, uh, you get me out of my comfort zone. But anyway, when the first time I ever preached, it was like, oh my gosh, I got to stand in front of people and preach. And when I grabbed onto the pulpit, it was like 280 or 480 hit me like electricity just, and I mean, just the anointing just started flowing out of me and it, and it just, and through 15 years now, pastoral ministry, it's become a little easier, obviously. But, um, I would say the same thing happens in a marriage with prayer. The more you do it, the more comfortable you become at doing it. And so I would just really encourage you to, uh, find that time. It's going to be, I don't know about y'all, but like even last year when I come to this, cause I had, I've never done the EXO marriage conference, but I had watched it on video. And of course I've always referred people to their resources. So I knew the marriage vow thing was coming and I like dreaded it. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Cause I thought that's awkward. I like, it feels awkward, <laughs> you know, while you're doing it. And so what I'm saying is though, even like this, this seems a little awkward, <laughs> but once it is awkward at first, but the more you do it, the the easier it becomes and just start doing it. If it's nothing but Lord, you're good and we love each other and love you and so excited about what you're doing in our life. Thank you, Lord. You're an awesome God. Just say that, you know, or whatever's on your heart. And, and from there, God will just fill your mouth with words yeah. and it's awesome. You want to weigh in on that? Um, I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I would say exactly what he said. You get good at what you do repeatedly. That's the only way you're going to get better at it. And you're the only way you're going to get more comfortable. You know, it's just by, uh, you know, by, just by praying and being together and, you know, and yeah. So, um, going back to the question that you answered as well, uh, you know, can God be, uh, you know, how do you truly make God a part of your sex life? Number one, you, you keep it between you, your spouse and God mentally, physically, emotionally, like sex is not just physical. You can be emotionally connected to other people. That robs you in your sex life. That also dishonors God in your sex life. Um, you know, if you're emotionally connected to somebody at work, somebody on the internet, somebody this, somebody that, but you've got a spouse. If you go and talk to anybody else other than your spouse, you're inviting somebody else. Um, you know, and, and we've kind of heard, you know, most of us have probably heard the illustration like, you know, if you were to go pick up the phone and, and you know, uh, the way we phrase it is that, you know, like we don't invite people into our bedroom, which is this, is that we don't call and complain about each other to somebody else. Mom, dad, brother, sister, best friend, like they don't belong in our bedroom. Like I protect that place. That's for me, my wife and the Lord. And, and so even mentally for us guys, how do I bring God into my sex life? I, I pursue purity. In my thoughts. 
I pursue pure, and that plays into the physical relationship even with my wife and so it is uh you know so i believe it's just like what uh, pastor jason said is that hey this was god's idea and i've just kind of taken the thought and the approach of is that god obviously wasn't embarrassed he didn't see adam and even go whoa whoa, 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 what are y'all doing like hold up no like how did y'all figure that out like you know wait a second god was not embarrassed in that moment i mean god said hey they figured it out. It's exactly what we, what we had said. And so, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I, yes. I mean, I, it's God's idea, but it's also intended for, for a oneness and a unity to come, um, you know, and to be present and to be in our lives. And so, it, you know, sex is not everything. I mean, it's not everything. I mean, yes, is it part of the blessing of marriage? Sure. But if everything else is falling apart and the sex life is great, you're still not going to be very happy married. You're just not. I mean, it's about a relationship. And, you know, and they, I mean, statistically, they've shown it over and over again. The highest satisfaction of sex, sexual uh, satisfaction is between a monogamous relationship. Worldly sex is very lonely sex. It just is. There's nothing fulfilling about it. And so even if you have the emotional things, the maybe even just the mental uh, aspects of that, it's robbing you of that intimacy that the Lord wants you to have with your spouse. And, uh, you know, and those are ways that you invite God uh, in. And so, let's see. Angie, you're going to have to retext me that. I don't know what you're asking me. Well, it says P. <laughs> I'm trying to decipher here, you know. I'm not going to drink it. Well, now you know why. I was like, uh. Okay. All right. So. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions that we had. Does anybody else have anything? I want to say something. I feel like the Holy Spirit's leading me to say something. I almost said it a while ago. Um. As we kind of conclude this time together, um, I told you a minute ago, 15 years of pastoral ministry. Before that, my dad was a pastor, and I grew up in a PK, as a PK, a pastor's home. Uh, you and I were talking about this the other night, and I, I just I, I want to say this. They kind of talked about it, but let's reiterate it. Um, the thing that we see the most as pastors is that people never come to us until the wheels have already come off. And and it and it it's frustrating as a pastor as pastors. Um, because we're like, you brought us a mess and I mean, why didn't you do this sooner? You know, before the wheels come off and, and what I'm seeing in the body of Christ today is everybody's embarrassed to talk about the stuff that we've been learning this weekend and it needs to be talked about. It needs to be discussed. And so I would encourage you before the wheels come off in your relationship, seek help, go get that. Don't be prideful that you can't go ask for help. Go ask somebody for help. Do whatever you need to do, but do it before. Don't wait till after and go, here's this mess. Well, we're leaving each other. Or they've done left each other. I mean, and it's, I mean, we've had multiple incidences of that in our church where people come to us. I mean, we find out about it after the fact. And then it's like, here, you know, and it's like, well, I mean, you should have come to us a year ago. And so I would just encourage people to really seek the help first. Don't wait till later. 
uh, get the help, do these things. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed to talk about it. Um, and, and get the help you need and get good people around you that can help you. Uh, pastors are, you know, that's what we're here for. Also just good friendships and relationships, people that you're, you're comp- uh, comfortable with and confident in that love you and are, and get around people that are for your marriage. Yeah. Don't get around people who are against marriage. Um, you know, just, um, not to give too many details, but there are so many counselors and psychologists out there today. And we praise God for those people. They're great and they do good at what they do. But if you're going to do that, seek a Christian counselor. Don't seek, excuse me, don't seek uh, someone who is not a believer. So I would encourage you uh, with that as we end our time together. Today. I got a couple more questions. Yeah. Okay, go for So it. you're going to tackle this one. Okay, go for I'm it. not setting you up though. Okay. But uh, it's specifically <laughs> about discipline with a blended family. Um, yeah. You know, like, obviously y'all, like, right. I'll just use Justice and Isabella. These yeah. are Alicia's children. So sure. he's daddy J to them. Yeah. So how do y'all handle discipline with each other's kids? Obviously your kids are a little older, right. but hers are a little more. I think yeah. probably apply. Uh, I'll let you, you can answer this too, but I'll, I'll start by saying, I thank God for her because, um, I don't think it would work. And you know, some people, their personalities, but Alicia from the get go has said your daddy. And, um, you know, and obviously, uh, with that being said, I let her take the lead, uh, with her too. Um, but when I see a instance that daddy's needed, I step in and, uh, especially with a little boy who is full of energy and, and is like having three boys in your house. Um, he is 10 years old. I got him when he was four. Uh, I thank God I got him when he was four. Um, but, uh, when I see that, that mama has gone her limit or, you know, so forth that mama has reached her max, well. I know daddy has to step in. And so I've, I step in at that point. Uh, but any of the discipline that we do in our home, uh, is always agreed on. Uh, well. in other words, if, if there's something that, that they have done, unless it is really, really bad, I'm not just going to grab one of them or you're grounded for a month or something like that. I don't do that without discussing it with her first. And so I try to, we get together and say, here's what's happened. Here's what, what do we need to do? And we, we strategize on what the plan is uh, from there. But I always, always run it by her, any discipline uh, that needs to happen first. And then, then she agrees with whatever we decide and we set it in motion. And if that needs to be my voice, if it needs to come from me in an author- right. more authoritative man type uh, environment, then I'll, I'll try to do that to help her. So, yeah, I, I agree totally. And I'm just so thankful for him, um, being willing to, to take that role, um, uh, because it makes such the, di- such a difference, um, in their security too, you know, um, cause they need that and they need to see us talk it out and agree on things because we're one and, and they see that there's, there is no, if we've ever, if I or he either one have ever gotten a hint of, um, well, I'm going to ask you if I can do anything. If you tell me no, I'm going to go ask the other one. We do not tolerate that at all. And, um, and we try to, like he said, always talk about punishment and, and things like that beforehand, before that, that actually happens. Um, there have been instances that um, that we've had to spank justice and um, that Jason even has spanked justice. But any time that's ever happened, 
um, my justice, he, he responds better and always has since he was a baby, has always respond, responded to discipline better from a man. And I know that. So I can only go so far with him. And then I need Daddy J to step in if, if he's not getting it. And so in those cases, um, when, when Jason has spanked him, um, which is it has only been twice, but let me tell you, they last. <laughs> but I'm always there, you know. So there's we we um, try to think about things, um, you know, beforehand, think it through, and follow through, being consistent and backing each other up. And they were pretty drastic circumstances. Right, yeah. right. I mean, that's not something that yeah. I mean, like we said, we've been married for almost six years, and that's only happened twice. So, but anyway. All right, Alicia, here's a question for you specifically. They asked for you, so this isn't on my doing. Just, wow. No, I mean, it's a, you'll be fine. Okay. Uh, it says, uh, when you were telling this testimony about Isabella, what did you pray over her in the background? And uh, it says, we have a child who is and has been in a, a similar situation about going through divorces. So what specifically did you pray over her? Uh, for restoration. Um, just constantly speaking life, wholeness, and healing into her heart. Because I, I knew that, that she was broken and that there were things deep down in there that I couldn't get to, but God could. Mm-hmm. And so I just prayed for whatever form restoration needed to take that God would, would, would do that in her life. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's everything that I have. So if you haven't got your text in yet, you're too late. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and stand. Uh, I want to make sure we get you out of here on time, so we're going to forego doing the other uh, breakout sessions. If you're that curious, uh, we'll figure you can find a way. I don't know. We'll figure out some way that you can still see them. So I know there was breakout sessions on blended families, and so uh, we may try to figure out something later or somehow to do that. And then there was one on conflict resolution. But uh, we want to honor your time, and so I know that you guys are the faithful who have stuck it out all the way to the end. And uh, so I believe there's like a special blessing on you. And so uh, I just want to pray over you guys uh, before we dismiss. Thank you guys so much uh, just for being here this weekend. I believe that God has done some great things, even if you may not even be aware yet uh, of what all it is. But, uh, you know, God will honor uh, your time and the seeds that have been sown into your heart and into your relationship. So let's just pray and we'll be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you so much for every family and uh, every relationship that's represented even in this room in this moment. Father, I thank you that uh, we look to you, Father, and we ask you by the Holy Spirit to help us. To give us the wisdom that we need to love each other the way that we're instructed to through, through Scripture, Father. That we would see each other as lovely and, and as someone that you love so much that you died for, Father. That you've uh, given us the, uh, the opportunity to love one another, to grow closer together as a couple, but also to grow closer to you. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in us, Father. That you are uh, moving us forward, making us better into who you've called us and, and desired for us to be. And so, Father, you've sent us a spouse to help create in us, who you uh, desire us to be. So, Father, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.